Hi, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and I'm here today with killer guitar player, vocalist, songwriter, Samantha Fish. Hey, Samantha. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm I'm so stoked to talk to you because first I want to wish you a happy birthday because I think that that just happened, right? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it was a couple days ago. Yeah. I am. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is it like you're on the road and you're like, oh yeah, that was my birthday? <laughs> well, my band actually like they spoiled me, and I I don't know. It's funny because I'm. I, I, it's just weird having all that attention yeah. <laughs> in that way. So, um, I don't know. They they spoiled me. They took me out to dinner. And, oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, it was it was a day chock full of adventure. So cool, cool, awesome. Well, also, I'm, I'm stoked to talk to you because I saw you play a few months back in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and I've seen you before, but man, oh, man, I was so, a big smile on my face the whole time, just Aww. killed it. Thank and, you. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've been kind of following you, and I just thought, wow, she's really, like, coming to her thing. Like, this is so awesome, so thanks yeah thank you thank you that's great you've been knowing me a long you've been knowing me a long time so yeah yeah um you've kind of seen some different evolutions of the band and yeah the records that you know the sound is shifting and all that yeah definitely and i i I must say i think you stole the show (laughs) i was like she i mean that well we'll talk a lot about that a little bit later but your your live show is killer so thank you thank you good work um, but let's jump into Death Wish Blues out in May. And yes. uh, yeah, so why don't you tell a little bit about how this project came together with Jesse Dayton and, you know, what did you each bring to this album? So my manager and I had been kind of like before all of this came to fruition, the last few years, he and I had been talking about a side project that we wanted to put together. Um, you know, for me, just like some kind of like some kind of collaborative effort, but um, and I knew kind of the, the sound and the aesthetic I wanted to go for, but it just was like finding the right person, you know, to do that. And I remember kind of running into Jesse in New Orleans back uh, in uh, 2022 and in, in the very beginning of the year. And I saw a show and I, I remember telling my manager, like, oh, he's the guy, if he wants to do it, I would love to do this. You know, we wanted to do this project with him. So you know, that's kind of how it started. Then we got together just to see if we had chemistry and we were writing. But, you know, Jesse and I had known each other for probably 10, 12 years before mm. all of this. Um, I I used to go to Knuckleheads a lot when I was really young and watch all these bands. And he was one of, one of the really popular ones that would come through. Um, you know, and I just, I greatly respect his artistry, you know, the depth of what he does, um, you know, his, you know, where he goes with the music. But, you know, he... He does, he, he's kind of what, like well-known for this outlaw country uh, sound, but, you know, he, he also plays with like, you know, when Danzig calls him to play, yeah, shows wow. misfits, he goes and does them. He's played with John Doe, you know, he's very versatile and, um, you know, he's done a lot of work in film with Rob Zombie and, um, you know, I just, I greatly respect what he's done. He's got a, a really, uh, just a, a depth to what he does, his artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that's sorry. That's the the foundation of it. So we got together. We started writing. We put out. We uh went into the studio and just kind of did this like crash course demo, uh raw, kind of cover session one afternoon. And and that's the Stardust sessions that just came out like last month. Um, we just picked a couple covers, went in there, and it was very raw and very like, you know, 
um, just very much like, I, I don't know. I, I feel yeah, like kind of off the cuff, right? Let's just see where this very, goes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Off the cuff. Um, but the, the label ended up liking it enough that they wanted to put it out, you know, just to, just to get people excited. But we actually went to the studio last summer um, with John Spencer, who's one of my favorite musicians out there. Uh, John produced the record. And we, we made this album called the Deadwish Blues Album. And it's 12 original songs that he and I co-wrote or wrote on our own, came together. Um, but it's really cool. It's collaborative, you know, two strong guitar players, two strong voices. And it's a lot of stories, you know. I mean, it's it's got it's got some teeth to it, you know. Yeah, I think the writing on it is fantastic. I mean, I love everything about it. And we'll dig a little bit deeper on that but I I wanted to know like what did you feel like working with Jesse and maybe John too like what did that bring out in you um well it's it's different you know because the last few I haven't done um a collaborative uh a collaborative record since my first album with the girls with guitars which was Hmm. back in like 2009 so you know I've had a lot of experience on the stage and in the studio um you know the thing that I want to and I think what John really helps with, because when, you know, I mean, he's, he's done, he's got a really diverse musical background, but I, you know, I first came to know him with the blues explosion, which was two guitar players, and wildly different textures. Um, hang on just a second. Do you need me to get out of here? Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, wildly different textures, you know, so finding out a way to have two guitar players on a record, but separated them enough sonically mm. um, to, to, stand apart from each other just to have their own voices and just you know it doesn't sound like a muddy chaotic fest of notes and you know um so that was kind of that was my approach to working with Jesse and John was just how can how can we have enough separation but it's they're very complementary to each other mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's just a different approach than when you're doing it all on your own you know and you, uh it, I, I kind of I really enjoy doing rhythm parts too you know and finding supplementary stuff it's like it challenges me as a guitar player um but I mean we our voices fit really well together so singing wasn't like really a challenge um and writing wasn't a challenge either like we get along really really great in that sense yeah it's so interesting like when you co-write with somebody if you're if the energy clicks it's so fun right yes there's no fear you're just like oh yeah like what what can we explore here and, and I can feel that in this. I can feel this like really great energy. Thank you. Yeah, I brought. I really I feel very excited about it just because it's something new for me. It's different. But, um, you know, it, it's we get along. We get along so well. And I, I think, um, you know, now we're now we're like in the phase of how can we put the show together and make this album come to life? Because we both are like we really love the record, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm excited for people to hear it because it's it's very different for me. That's cool. Yeah, I feel the love. I feel that you love it when I listen to it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but speaking of love, like you guys talk about love a lot on this album. Like what drove you to just really focus on like sort of personal interaction kind of messaging? Well, I mean, I think when you when you do a duets record, it just kind of naturally lends itself to talking about a relationship. And, you know, as we were writing it, and, and honestly, the record covers a lot of topics but you know like songs like death Wish. i mean it's it's kind of about a toxic love affair yeah. you know yeah uh the hook is your kiss is like a death wish which is you know kind of sums it all up um but it, you know it's a story about two people and you know just kind of this uh you know <laughs> 
it's like a bad connection, you know, <laughs> but like an intoxicating one. But I don't know. I think when you have two people, um, it just it's it just sort of lends itself to that, you know, to to writing about. I, I write a lot about relationships and mm-hmm. love on my own, mm-hmm. so it's not much of a stretch for me to do it, you know, with Jesse. Um, we both we both have a lot to pull from. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did feel like I, I, I love like this sort of sassy, like fun, gritty vibe that you guys brought. Like I could tell, like, oh, you're talking about a toxic relationship, but in like a really, I don't know, just this fun, cool, sassy way. There's so, a playfulness to the yeah, record. It's yeah. it's like there's some Playful, tongue in cheekness. Good. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but you know, we wanted to do. I, I don't know. I mean, this might sound kind of corny, but I remember my manager bringing up, he goes, it's like a star is born, but like an alt- alternative blues version. And I was like, it's like star is born <laughs> with some teeth, but with some teeth, you know, yeah, like yeah. little, but you know, not to sound corny or anything. I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but, but you know, there, there's definitely uh, love and hate songs and relationship songs, but then, you know, uh, like I, I, I'm pretty sure the, um, Super duper bad is about smoking marijuana, but <laughs> that song is so awesome. Like I, I was reading like your bio before I listened to it, and then I I listened to it and I was like, yeah, that's just really fun and like a party. <laughs> oh, we wrote a couple of these in the studio. Like we did writers together, which is kind of just about you know life on the road, um, life on the road, and having a partner, or you know. Um, but it's, it's sort of about having the, like a love affair with the city that you're in. Mm. Um, like a one night stand. We kind of wanted to write about like Alabama as if we were having a one night stand. Meeting. <laughs> um, which kind of is like what it is to be a, you know, a traveling musician and everything. But uh, what we wrote super duper bad together in the studio one night and we were just, we were just cracking up. I don't know why we were, I was like, I was rolling on the ground laughing as we were writing that song. It's awesome. really fun. It's really fun to write. If you're listening, so, you should so listen funny. to that song because it's, yes. it's two minutes of awesomeness. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's very cool. It's definitely, we got the John Spencer treatment to it as well, you know. Um, it, it definitely uh, it, it definitely moves like a John Spencer Yeah, <laughs> so. in a good way, a very good way. So, so many textures, you know. Yeah, cool. You know, um, so you guys talk about, you know, sort of giving this like fresh energy to the blues and I wanted to ask you about that like do you see people like listening to thinking about approaching the blues in a different way as listeners as musicians like uh, I'm I'm super interested in I love blues and I love that you guys are taking the blues like somewhere fresh yeah I mean it's a challenge and it's also like some people I, I I I'd go out of my way to to make sure that people know where I'm coming from is from a blues background and it's a blues foundation. Because to me, it's like, I want people to, if you haven't discovered Junior Kimbrough, I want, I want you to take that away. If I talk about it in my shows or my interviews or I cover a song, you know, I kind of want you to take that away from the performance and go and buy a record, mm. you know, support the legacy and support, you know, su- support the families of those artists. And, and, and you know what I mean? I, I just, uh, I think it's important to, to, to continue talking about it. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like everything I do is really rooted in that style of music. Of course, you know, I, I push the boundaries and add in different genres like rock and roll and, 
you know, uh, faster had some pop elements mm-hmm. to it. I was really experimenting with synthesizers and, and loops and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, big hooks and choruses, but I, I just think that it's, a, it's important to stretch and to explore new, new sounds. Um, but I, I feel like I'm just, I learned how to play guitars in a guitar in a blues format, you know, yeah, um, yeah. my voicing, my, the, the way that I articulate, um, you know, vocally and through my guitar, it has strong foundation in, in blues music. You know, I, I studied, I studied players when I was coming up and I, I cut my, I cut my teeth and I, I learned how to play, you know, in Kansas city and at different jams and different shows, um, you know, where you kind of had to learn how to play in that tradition or, you know, you weren't going to get on stage. So I, I just, I feel like that's part of, that's part of my story. And it's, it's part, it's something I always think is important to bring in as an element to my music always. Um, and, and yeah, we're just, we're pushing the boundaries and some people are going to, you know, people will think what they will. Like if they, they might not think or consider it to be a blues album, but I do, you know, I could hear it, especially with John, you know, his, his input on the album, you know, he's, he's kind of, um, he's telling me, I'm kind of like him. He loves the, uh, he loves the, the tradition and the history behind it all. Yeah. I mean, I totally do. And I, I even think like, you know, classic blues musicians kind of slid around too. Like, doesn't have to be like oh here's your template and <laughs> see yeah. you later <laughs> you know well you know when when Helen Wolf went you know that was experimental when those guys came out Muddy Waters yeah, and Wolf, yeah when they all went to electric style you know that was kind of like oh that's not you know that was that was sacrilegious to blues back then too but you know what those guys pushed it forward and and I'm just I'm just trying to do my part I'm just trying to be an artist you know yeah. and I, I also and I'm just trying to share what I love with people and you know, it, it ain't, it's not that, uh, complicated, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is really cool to, um, I don't know, maybe create music that gives this accessibility right. to like a, a, a younger audience perhaps, or an, an audience that maybe doesn't traditionally listen to the blues right? And, and say like, here's your door, like, come on in, you know, um, that's the whole point, you know, I mean, you get this next generation of people like, that's how I found out about this music, you know, I, my my parents didn't really listen to to this era of you know blues music. I I kind of found it through listening to the radio. Honestly, you mm. know, like I, like for instance, I love the Rolling Stones and Keith Richards. He um he's he he loved blues musicians. So I, I started going backwards and finding out who who did he listen to that really influenced him. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of that's kind of what like if I hope if somebody comes and sees my show, maybe they do a little digging and they're like, Oh yeah, she's, she likes our Burnside and the fat possum roster and she's covered these Freddie King songs. You know what I mean? Like just go find it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that does happen uh, because like, that's how you found out. Right. You're like, like you, heard, exactly. you heard something and you're like, what is that? Like mm-hmm. I'm inspired, you know? So yeah, that's, exactly. that's really cool. Um, I read that you recorded in Woodstock and did, did you take any inspiration from that? that location i find that place like it has interesting energy and so many musicians there kind of tucked away (laughs) yes little part of the world so we recorded at the studio called applehead and it's gorgeous you know you're up there in the woods um and the community is just so lovely i've never actually been to woodstock you know but there's this main drag with all the cool coffee shops and bars and restaurants and you know we were 
I, I ate so healthy up there. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I think I actually did like a full week of like no meat, um, which I'm from Kansas City. That's that's like impossible for me. I'm, I'm very much nice. like a barbecue yeah. um, chick. So, uh, yeah, that, it was probably the cleanest I'd eaten in, you know, a very, very long time making that record just because the options were so kind of healthy and, and the people up there so nice. But we recorded this place called Applehead Studio and um, behind the studio, they had this little, little tiny house um, that Rick Danko used to live in, um, right from the band, mm-hmm. like right behind the studio. So yeah, I mean, you got that, and then we we actually drove to Big Pink on one of the last days because it was right up the street, um, and that's a trip, you know, driving up to that house because I've stared at that house on album covers, right? <laughs> and uh, and it's it's you know it's Big Pink, it's a Big Pink house, so it's you know it's just cool because. You, you kind of see how, you know, where the inspiration for those incredible songs came from. And, you know, it's like I'm Bob Dylan and all of that. Like, you know, the, the woods are full of inspiration and kind of mysterious. And I, I think that that, you know, that, that brings about some great songwriting. Yeah. And there's just, oh, yeah, I, it's funny. I went there to visit a psychic that I had read a book by that, oh, wow. li- that lives there. And she's, her name's Susan Saxman. She's this, this ma- amazing person. Um, but what a cool place. Yeah, just what a cool place to be creative. So uh, incredible. Yeah. And and you tracked a lot of it live, right? Was that fun or stressful or like? Wh- well, you know, it was fun because, um, you know, I wanted to talk about John a little bit because he, um, yeah, you know, we'd come in and we, I, I brought these songs and, you know, the last record, it was, um, every, every album I do has a different approach. You know, this one came about kind of quick because it was like, okay, well, we started co-writing together in May and then we were in the studio by August. So there, there was a little bit of like a fire. Yeah, that's quick. <laughs> so it, it felt, it felt a little quick, but man, we, we got it done, but it wasn't like we had fully fleshed out, composed pieces of music all the way. So, you know, we might've been coming in with a recorded demo of us on an acoustic guitar, like, here's the main parts, let's go in there and, you know, and build something cool. And, and sometimes that's kind of cool because you really, you know, you're leaving it open to the magic in the studio and in the room. Um, and John, you know, he'd hear the rec- he'd hear a song and me and Jesse were like, okay, I kind of think the, tr- the drums are going to go like this. And, John would be like, yeah, yeah. So we get in the studio and I'd see him, I'd see John kind of working his way around the room, talking to everybody, like kind of just, and I realized it's like, he's telling them what he wants them to play. And, and then we'd say, okay, everybody, let's count it in and go. And it would be something we'd start playing and it was kind of like, wow, what is this? You know, is this, <laughs> this isn't exactly what I thought it would be. Um, but then we'd come back in and listen to it. And it's, it was even like cooler than I could have ever, you know, dreamt. Like he just, he has a real ear for parts and composition and, mm. you know, um, it, like nothing is on the nose, John, you know, it's like I wrote, yeah, I write a song and it's like the obvious beat would be like a train beat. So it's like, well, let's flip it on its head and do something else, um, and make it unique and cool and, you know, make the song stronger. Like that's, yeah. he's really, really good at that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the band playing live, um, us, us leaving it open to interpretation a little bit allowed us to create something that was more organic um everybody had uh, a, a real fair amount of input um and could bring what they do to the table I, I thought it was you know really just kind of a 
a, a beautiful experience, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, sometimes there's conflict when that happens, but this time it feels like it really clicked. You know, sometimes. Mm. And of course, you know, everyone's, it, sometimes change is scary, especially if you get your head, uh, this is, this is the cool part about collaboration too. You know, sometimes like if it was, if it was my own album or if it was Jesse's own album, we might have in our mind, like it has to be this way because I'm the artist to I say so. But when you're doing something collaborative, it's like, it kind of opens you up to be able to be like, shut down a little or something. Yeah. <laughs> if everybody else in the room is like, no, no, this is great. Just believe, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know what? I can relax because this is a collaborative thing and I'm doing this. This is part of our journey is to come in and, you know, and be part of something that is more than just ourselves. Right. Right. So I, yeah, I mean, I, there's, there wasn't much headbutting in the studio. You know, I, I think there was just, there was maybe if, if ever anything, there was just having to talk ourselves and to be like, okay, no, this is all right. This is fine. <laughs> Into relaxing and then just enjoying it. Yeah. Different, but still good. Right. So you're like, yeah, okay. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably therapeutic too. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of letting go of control a little bit. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like you got to just like believe in the people that you got in the room and and go well, right? and go and go with the creative spirit and don't go against it. Yeah, you know, that's kind of that's that was kind of nice. Yeah, Woodstock's good for that. You know, we're just yeah. going with the flow of energy. Right. So so true, so true. Yeah, awesome. So um. I wanted to just talk to you, maybe like step back a little bit, because my listeners might not know like what kind of drew you to guitar. And I also want to just talk a little bit about like your gear setup, because I think your tone is so killer and like that you aren't afraid to play around a little bit with that tone. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, all right. So where do we start? My gear. Um, you want to start with guitars, amps, pedal boards, what you got? Yeah, just like maybe like the basics of like what's your go-to setup. Okay, so my live show is different than what we use in the studio um, for that record specifically. I, actually, all records because I usually the, the studio is kind of like a destination thing um, where I might not necessarily have access to my right, you know, yeah, my truck, my trucks full <laughs> of gear. Um, nice. So we use what's in the studio, like Woodstock. We kind of we had just so many amplifiers to choose from for the record but my live setup i use these custom made um kind of boutique amps but they're all two kind of point to point wiring just old school like yeah you know like fender like fenders old school fenders basically um my main cab i've been using lately for shows um i use a speaker cabinet that's like 412s and then i have a couple different heads i play around with my main one that i use that i mostly use all the time is about a 45 watt um tube uh tube head that it's called the andrew it's by a company called category five yeah the other one's the other one's just 90 watts so i might use that on a festival stage um if i need something a little more you know gassed up but more juice (laughs) yeah but they're they're pretty simple um you know and i've got several variations of those amplifiers i can use like if if we're doing a really small show every once in a while if we do something really intimate i can pop up a little combo amp and you know get variations of tones and stuff uh, my guitar rig is ever growing, never finished. Uh, I'm not <laughs> done collecting, but on this tour, I'm, my main axe is an SG, Gibson SG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like standard, just standard everything. I've got a cigar box guitar, which is a fan favorite. Um, yeah, that is fun when you bring that out. Yeah, I got a couple Fenders that the people 
it's been growing on me. Um, the Jazz Master is my newest one, Fender Jazz Master. I'm just trying to kind of figure yeah. out, get my hands around it. But so it sounds pretty yeah, meaty. Yeah, so you use like a lot of classic gear. Do you have, um, I don't know, does it does it play nice on stage every night? Um, the Well, does it play nice? Does it? I mean, I, you, you don't have to I, worry about stability of your tone, I guess, is my oh, question. Well, I, I kind of treat my guitars... Well, it's like they, I kind of look at them like hammers and screwdrivers and tools, you know, so they get beaten up. So as far as like stability or like, do they play nice every night? You know, there's like little things that whenever when you're changing climates and you're going to show to yeah, show to show, tricky. you know, yeah. there's it's funny. I'm like, I've got two guitars right now. I'm like, oh, these are complicated. These are these are becoming kind of complicated to play. Like just, you know, they kind of fall in and out of. Yeah. disrepair and repair but um no I mean my tone is pretty stable every night just because I have the same amps I have the same yeah. pedal board uh, the only thing that really changes is the room so you know you just gotta you know accommodate for that but um I, I feel like I've got a pretty true you know true to form tone it doesn't really change it just mm -hmm. it's just the room and, and now that I have we're traveling with our own front of house um oh that's nice yeah. Yeah. We can, we can kind of have that stability. Can dial it in. Yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. Can you tell us maybe, let's see how many minutes do I have left? Oh, just a few. Um, oh, it's okay. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Can you just share a little bit about what drew you to guitar? I like, I read that, you know, you have your, your family. Um, I forget. Was it your dad who plays guitar? Yeah. And, but what just really spoke to you in the early um, days about guitar? Well, I tried to I tried to get a go against it because everyone around me was a guitar player. Like all my dad's buddies and I, you know, my uncles would come over and play guitar and my dad and my sister and, and everybody was playing guitar and I thought, well, you know, they need a drummer. So I started figuring <laughs> out how to play the I got a drum set, I started taking drum lessons, and then I realized they don't actually want a drummer, they just kinda wanna <laughs> talk to each other and and you know, sing cool songs and that's you know, hilarious. No, we don't need a drummer. <laughs> they didn't need a drummer, but it was great for me because I learned the foundation of you know rhythm, which I think is, I think everybody mm. should play drums if they want to play music. They should just you know take some lessons in that too. Um, but then a couple of years after playing, you know, I was playing drums. I was like, I just I was always drawn to the guitar, but I think um, I, I just naturally growing up, I was very shy. And the idea of playing guitar, you know, that comes along with singing to me because that's everybody I knew was like singing. You know, my my dad's friends were all like singing, you know, kind of country songs or bluegrass songs or Americana stuff. And, you know, they were playing the guitar as accompaniment. And so for me, guitar meant front person. And I just I, I was I was the kid who would cry if I had to give a book report. I was so painfully shy, oh, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So I but I, I was still drawn to it, you know, and I started kind of sneaking, you know, sneaking one off to my room and because we had them lying around the house, so I'd sneak one off to my room and I'd sit and kind of play with it and try to figure it out. And I remember seeing some people and I'd be really inspired. And so I'd go ask my dad, like, hey, you know, can you show me this? And he'd show me some chords. And then I'd go into my room again and just take it and try to figure out how to apply it. A lot, you know, a lot of my education on the guitar was I'd get like one little piece of information and then I'd go and go off by myself and try to figure out how to hmm. expand upon it. Um, you know, I'd put on the radio and try to find out, you know, where each thing, you know, how to play things by ear. Um, 
And uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I couldn't help myself. It was like, I, I was always drawn to it. It was going to happen any which way. And, you know, and then once I started really getting into it, it was like, you couldn't pry the thing out of my hands. I just really, you know, love to play it. Yes, it was your destiny. So don't find I it. guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So I just have one other category I want to talk about because we're the She Rocks podcast. I talk to a lot of women musicians, people, um, players, people from the industry. And, you know, um, I think the category of, you know, female, quote unquote, female blues player, um, I feel like it's expanding. There's some great players out there, including yourself, of course. But um, yeah. And I'm wondering, like, have you been challenged as a woman in your field? Um, maybe how do you face those challenges, if so? And, and maybe from your perspective, how do you see that going for female guitarists out there in the world? Well, you know, it's, it's going to be great when we can drop. When yeah. we can at some point drop female guitarists from like Agree. a descriptor, you know, because <laughs> it's not really a descriptor. And if you ever described a guy like, as, oh, look, at it, it, he's a male guitarist. It's like, well, of course he is. You know, why would you why would you give me such a double? Yeah. <laughs> why, would you, why, would, why would you, you know, why would you double like, describe? Yeah, something? Duh. It's like, <laughs> but be, being yeah. a musician has for such a long time kind of gone hand in hand with it's like the obvious expectations. You're going to go see a bunch of guys and. You know, the thing is, that's just historically, that's not accurate either. There's been so many female musicians throughout history, but it's like it's I think it's a lack of representation. Um, you know, like for me as a kid growing up, like I didn't have a ton of female uh, musicians to look look up to. Like I like there was always there's a couple on the radio, but just a couple, just a couple, you know, there. And this is kind of just before the, the days of the Internet where everything blew wide open and all of a sudden everybody became visible. Um, but, but they've always existed. It's just a matter of right. who was kind of let through the doors of, you know, the mainstream to have that kind of full on representation. I mean, of course there was Bonnie Raitt, but you know, I was looking around going like, you know, and, and there were some rock and roll women, you know, like I, I was into to Joan Jett and Chrissy Hine and Hart and, you know, and Cheryl Crow, of course, that was she was my first concert, and I found that to be really, really inspiring. But, um, it, it, but nowhere near the numbers of of male musicians and you know male artists. Uh, but I think the internet has changed. The internet has changed so much of that because there's just you. It's wide open. I mean, there's there's visual, there's representation for everybody, and all these artists that maybe weren't allowed into that visual field for so long you know it's like there's access now and, and you can see oh there's been there's always been women guitar players and, and female drummers and female bass players or whatever you know um but i i think uh you know there's there's uh we, we always have to keep pushing forward and i'm pushing forward for the next generation to not have to do the things that i've had to do or go through the bull that i've had to deal with just because you know, that's what the women before me did for me. Right. And so, you know, my, my job for women is to go and, 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 and follow my passion every night and not, you know, and, and try to whittle away at, at the bullshit, um, you know, closing the pay gap, uh, cause that exists in music as well. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of getting rid of some of these like stereotypes and, um, you know, some of the things that I think are harmful, to, to women. Um, I, I definitely, I love 
I love seeing more and more women at the shows because it's, if, you know, for me, it's like, I, I think it's empowering and I, I want to empower young women to, to do whatever they want to do. You know, for a long time, when I started playing lead guitar, I kind of had this mental block of like, oh, that's not what it was weird because it never was verbalized to me or anything that I talked about, but it just was because I hadn't really seen a lot of women shred on the guitar. It was kind of like in the back of my mind, I thought, well, that's not what, that's not what girls do, you know? Um, so if there's, if there's anything I can do to kind of help get rid of the block for somebody else, yeah. you know, it's just eradicate just about... that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's in any field that's in any industry. I think women have kind of had to ha- have felt that, you know, um, like there maybe isn't a place for them in certain, in certain areas. And it's just not true, you know? Um, so, so I, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's, there's, that's a very loaded question because there's, yeah. there is a lot, there is a lot. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I have a lot of anecdotal things that have happened over the years on the road that, you know, wouldn't happen to a guy. Um, but you know, it's, it's beyond all that, the, the greater, the greater, uh, talking point is how do we push forward and make it easier for the next generation? Yeah, forward. I'm with you. I feel like it's great. I see so many more, like even girls, you know, young girls picking up the guitar. Um, yes. don't have that thought in their head at all. Like, oh, this isn't what girls do. So for the I mean, for the first time ever, fifty percent yeah. of the buying audience yeah. for guitars is women. Yeah, you know, so the um, first time ever. It's for the first time ever. And and I think having people like you out there visible, like kicking ass, having these amazing um recordings and live shows and you know, just helps to you know, get rid of any of those thoughts like, Oh, this is not what women do. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> well no, I mean I just I'm just, you know, selfishly following my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. This is this is just what I want to do, but I I, I hope that if it inspires somebody else to go and say, hey, you know what I can do? I can do this. You know, I'm I'm championing you. Absolutely. Yes, you can. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much and good luck releasing the album. I think I read it was May 19th. It's coming out. That's great. So, yeah. <laughs> woohoo! And uh, I see you got a, some tour dates coming up. So I'll put some links where people can go see you live. And I highly recommend that, everybody, because killer. And I, I just wrote to my son because I saw you're going to Australia and he's in Australia right now. And I said, you got to go see this great performer. Oh, I'm so ex- <laughs> I am so, so excited. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, cool. So um, enjoy that and uh, best wishes to you and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank right. you so much. Thanks so much for chatting. All right. Take care. Take care, Laura. Thanks. Bye.